I'm gonna hug you one day, Mary. No, you're not. <laughs> All right. Hello. I prefer no hugs. Just as like a general rule. It'll be one day. When you're not expecting it. What about your wedding day? Like, you're gonna get hugs or no? It'll hopefully be six feet hugs. apart. We're gonna continue with the six feet apart for a while. Socially distant. So sorry. <laughs> everybody to another episode of sorry about that this is our fourth episode and we're so excited to bring you today's episode about handling difficult conversations and as usual you have myself as one of your hosts Bianca and Mary I'm sorry I'm looking at my <laughs> like, phone oh and your other host Mary whatever I'm looking at my phone What's it's new? fine it's fine okay anyway <laughs> so and Julia hey yes I'm Fiona doesn't like to introduce people. No, I'm back. You're welcome. No, just, she just no, needs we have room to... for us to inter- self introduce. I mean, that's fine. Do you want me to just introduce you guys completely? That's fine. How Go would you me. introduce me? Be like, oh, you know, you have your usual host, me, <laughs> myself, and Mary. Mary <laughs> it's just... over there. <laughs> Are you going to say something like life altering? <laughs> Do you want me to give you like Mary a really great like hugs? <laughs> um, the non hugger Mary. I don't like hugs. This is like a fun fact to people. <clears throat> okay. I don't know. What's your fun? I mean, what's your fun fact? Do you want me? Do you want me to be like one of those announcers? Like, and here we in this other corner we have Julia. Wait, one thirty. Uh, I don't have a fun fact. Okay. Um, I don't know. We're so excited about this episode. We're gonna bring you some awesome tips on how to have a difficult conversation and how to overcome that. And here we go. We're gonna start off with our "Here's the Thing" segment. Okay, so that's what it's called. Here's the thing. It's oh. what I say all the time. We'll back up. So, because clearly I don't I, know what it is anymore. <laughs> you told me you edited it out. So that's why we did it. So I say here's the thing a lot. Oh. And I did get a lot of texts after this aired of like, oh my gosh, you do say that. So thank you so much to everybody who verified that. So we're going to talk about topics that are just like trending in a general sense and kind of just like how they frustrate us. Oh, I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, all right. So I guess what I'll say is <clears throat> we get the fall thing. But, like, there maybe needs to be, like, one pumpkin flavor thing, not 55,000 of them. I feel like everything comes in a pumpkin flavor. You have pumpkin, what, pumpkin spice latte is fine. Pumpkin scone is fine because I personally like those, so those are fine. I mean, I don't really drink anything. I haven't had a pumpkin spice latte all year, but I try to just buy an actual pumpkin once and try to carve it, and that was my only association with pumpkin. Other than that, I don't care about pumpkin. But I mean, like, pumpkin candles, pumpkin car scents. Have pumpkin. you ever had pumpkin fawn? It's good. No. <laughs> That's a pumpkin thing for you. Yeah. Awful. One of my associates is making flan, like 12 different flavors of flan. Don't look at me like that. I mean, I'm it's just, so good. I thought flan was just like a flavor in and of itself. Yeah, but she's like creating she's all creating of these flavors, new. and pumpkin <laughs> is one of them because I told her I didn't like pumpkin pie. I do. <laughs> I have a pumpkin so scented good. hand sanitizer. That's the only Listen, thing. Listen, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I do disagree <laughs> with the fact that pumpkin should only be one thing. I love pumpkin. Okay, maybe two, but okay. I think it's I just, just have zero like, opinions pumpkin. about pumpkin because I don't care about well, all these flavored pumpkins. You said you love just, fall, though. Pumpkin I love fall, is but pumpkin is not why is. I love fall. I know. The reason I love fall is just because of the outfits I can wear because I love layers. But anyhow, so pumpkin. I, I think, like, just one to two pumpkin things would be sufficient, but only have pumpkin seltzers. That's a disgusting. That grosses me out. Pumpkin beer, they have it in Pennsylvania. I've had it. It's not terrible, but it's not great. 
But I just feel like pumpkin is turning into like a whole um, thing and doesn't need to be a thing. So that's just my two cents. So here's the thing. Let's just have one or two. Like it doesn't need to be like the whole world is like pumpkin flavored. Everything. All right, guys. So here we are with our usual opening quote. Mary has an amazing one for us this week to deal with our topic on having difficult conversations. Okay, so the opening quote, people almost never change without first feeling understood. Douglas Stone. I really liked that one because I think especially now or really just ever, like think back to a time when somebody had to have a difficult conversation with you and it was really hard for you to change until somebody understood your point of view of where you were coming from, right? And I think that that's really hard because change ultimately happens when we kind of give some sort of, I don't know, inventory of our own life and I think see what the other person's trying to say. But I know for me personally, there's a lot of times where I've maybe done things out of like frustration, but not because I felt like it was understood. I just did it to do it. But I think that true change, true change comes from when people feel genuinely understood. Would you agree? Oh yeah, 100%. There's been a lot of a lot of conversations I've had, I've had in, um, I mean, work, home, doesn't really matter where it's been, but unless you feel like the other person knows where you're coming from, I don't think you're going to feel like you want to change or you want to fix the problem. I mean, you're just going to be at a bypass, I guess. Is that the right word? Yeah, you want, yeah, I mean, of course, like anytime you have a difficult conversation with somebody, you just want to feel like they get where you're coming from, really, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And then it makes you feel positive but about I the think, outcome. But I think the thing, my takeaway was we can't really shame people into changing. And I feel like especially with difficult conversations, it can often be, I guess, the, the understatement that sometimes you can't, or I guess it's understood that there's going to be some level, level of friction or whatever. But I think sometimes we really shame people and we can't do that when we're trying to like change somebody's perspective or point of view. Genuinely in truth and love though. And I think that's where we get everything confused because we want people to do things going back to last week's conversation about belief versus truth. Like Mm -hmm. just because we believe something doesn't mean it's true. So a lot of times we try to shame people into looking to like our opinion. Like I'm right because of X, Y, and Z. And that's not always the case because if you're genuinely trying to get this person to understand you, you have to lay it out in a way that's very thoughtful and not just like angry yelling. Right. And right. I feel like that's what we do. We just like angry yell at everybody and we get online and we're just like, everybody sucks and does it on if you vote for Donald Trump, unfriend me and all these things. But like, what is that going to do? You know what I mean? Like, how is that going to get anywhere? It just aggravates people. And I don't think it's because we're understanding somebody else's point of view and we're not taking the time to get to know them like honestly how many times when you have a conversation with somebody that's different than you genuinely different do you sit back and listen to listen and not listen with an agenda right and I feel like everybody that's literally the topic I've been saying all week everybody knows how to respond and they don't listen like they listen to respond but they don't listen to listen it's very I even caught myself doing that I've been like improving on that myself for the last probably a few weeks just because we do have a lot going on. People are sharing a lot of stories every day, and the you want to feel like you're being heard. You don't want to feel like somebody's just responding just to respond. Well, that's right? the thing. I think to feel like you're being heard, you have to be understood. But I think a lot of us just take things at face value, and we're just like, okay, whatever, bye. 
and then that's it instead of actually taking it with some sort of and I think a lot of times well I guess what I'll say is a lot of times I say like I took with a grain of salt <clears throat> but you have these like things in your head that may stick with you or you might have picked out certain parts or may have felt attacked to a certain extent by something instead of really seeing that somebody else is giving you general feedback and I know for me that's always the hardest pill to swallow sometimes it's like you want to hear things because I always ask everybody for feedback and I genuinely want to hear it but I think I ultimately if it's not when I'm here get defensive and right. then I like listen with an agenda yeah. for what it is and then I pick out all these parts and I'm working on that but I think it's <laughs> I am no you are no that's good <laughs> I've gotten a lot better I will say yeah. so I think so you know keeping in mind people almost never change without first feeling understood I think the biggest takeaway is you know we just can't shame people into changing we can't why do you think difficult conversations are so daunting I think well I think for me it's just because you don't know how they're going to react mm -hmm. you really kind of have to set yourself up for both perceptions I suppose like yours and theirs and then I think it's just it can be somewhat because I think the reaction is everything. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people who were very emotional based. Yeah. And so I think sometimes I can quickly tell by body language if somebody is just like tensing up and they're like feeling so frustrated. Right. And I do have to read a lot of body language when I have difficult conversations in terms of like, what do I need to change? How do I need to adjust? What approach do I need to use? Because I think that is very telling work or personal. I think there's just a lot of things that we avoid to talk about and that's why they can feel very daunting or we don't know how to bring them up because it just feels like such a heavy topic. And usually when we're having these, it's not a good topic. Yeah. It's not something that we're excited to talk yeah. about. Well, for me, sometimes I feel like having a difficult conversation for me feels like almost like it's confrontational and I don't do confrontation very well. So I get terrified to have those. And then I personally feel like I need to build up my own courage for that and it just gets difficult and it and of course even going back to the body language too like you really have to be good at reading people like at least to kind of know how you're going to react because even your own body language can give off a certain type of vibe as well like verbal communi uh, sorry verbal communication and nonverbal are very important to having a difficult conversation for sure my thing is like i used to hate confrontation working in retail for me at least definitely kind of rocked that out of me um, I was forced to have a lot of um, difficult conversations, but I think for me, it's empathy. I'm a very empathetic person, and I'm always scared of hurting somebody else's feelings, whether it's personal or at work. I just don't want to make the other person upset, um, so I literally practice so many times. I practice with other people. I write things down, and... I mean, it, either way, while I'm talking to somebody, it doesn't really make it better. And I know we talked a few times about public speaking. It doesn't matter if it's 100 people or one person. I'm literally shaking while I'm talking to that person. But if it's something that important, I do it. But I'm just so scared that I'm going to hurt their feelings. I mean, I think that's a lot of people. That's me, too. I think I have to go into certain conversations and approach each one differently depending on a, who it is, or B, basically, like, if I know how they take information. I mean, I think, especially at work a lot, it happens all the time based on what people are feeling, and I have to take everybody's emotions into consideration. And sometimes it can be very high stress, right, in terms of, you know, let's say people have so much going on in their personal life, and then something happens at work, and then I talk about it, and then it's just, like, one thing after another. And we've all had those moments where, 
it's like the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like, you just have a meltdown. Like, I have. How many meltdowns have I had at work? Don't answer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it's been a lot of just, like, one thing after the other. Because it's never been just, it's that conversation. It's the nail in the coffin for me. And I feel like so many times, like, we feel like if it's just one more thing for my day, yeah. we don't want to be that one more thing on somebody's day. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, too, like, whenever you're having these conversations, do you do anything in particular? Like, I know me personally, my mind is always running a million miles a second, and I always have so much going on. So it's sometimes hard for me to articulate my thoughts and just whatever I want to say. So I know me personally, like, I know, Julia, you said you write out everything, but, like, do you do anything different, Mary? I mean, I think the ones that I've had to have most recently have been... I've had to very, I, I think through and I always think back to what's the goal. Like when we leave the interaction, what do I want both parties to take away from? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of us, we really get on tangents because I feel like especially when you're having to have a difficult conversation with somebody, it's easy for them to deflect mm-hmm. and talk about me or be defensive or something. And this mm-hmm. is why and da, da 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 And I think you just have to be in a mindset that that's going to happen but also understand that you're not going to solve the problem or get to the goal of the conversation if you're just going to keep deflecting and letting it deflect, right? Right. So I think it's a mixture of both. I do write out my points, but I think for me it's going over my mind very directly. What is the goal and how do I redirect if we get off base? Because a lot of these conversations are very difficult to have because you know they're so fragile in terms of what it is or what they're dealing with. And I think it can just be like you don't, and to your point, you don't want to be the person. And I feel, I mean, I, I do feel like very empathetic for a lot of people because you, you see a different side of them, especially when you lead them. And I think as a leader, that's the hardest thing for me because I've seen, you know, everybody's like just crazy story. Oh my gosh. Like some of the stories still, like I, I can't wrap my head around. And then I can't imagine having to deal with that and then everything else. So you do have to approach them very delicately because you don't want to discourage anybody. But at the same time, you know, we always have to hold each other accountable. That's the thing. And I feel like that's what we don't do. So we just avoid, avoid, avoid. And then we avoid, deny, deflect. Is that like the the term thing that they use? But I think that that's what it is. So we keep avoiding and then we deny it then we deflect it. And then we get to no resolution and then there's all this frustration because one person's frustrated the other and they don't know why. Yeah. And that's not fair. So I think communication, having clear intentions and clear goals is so critically important because I think each conversation, like I said, I have to go in with a different approach because each person truly is different. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to know how the person, like their learning style, their communication style. When I go into any difficult conversations, like like I said last episode, I'm not much of a planner. When I try to plan, it like overwhelms me. So sometimes I know most of the people I do end up having conversations with, I'm just the type of person who always tries to stay positive. And I always try to like start off a conversation positive first and celebrate kind of like, you know, maybe like what that person's wins are or whatever. If it's like, if it's a coaching moment, for example, those are really difficult just celebrating what those person's successes are and everything and then going into opportunities in that sense and then keeping that conversation fluid and kind of being kind of like winging it I guess just because that's how I've kind of been and I mean that doesn't always work but for me I mean it does work in the sense of making that person feel comfortable because then you know um you know that person will at least feel comfortable enough to talk to you and they're not going to they're not going to feel any type of way about it or anything I think, like that, right? and I think that that's a huge key point it's making them feel comfortable and the fact that it's not a 
gotcha, you're in trouble. Right. It's like, we want to help you. Yeah. And genuinely, as leaders, that is our job, right? Mm-hmm. To help people. Because I always say, I measure my scorecard based on how well my team does because no business is going to run without your team performing well. Exactly. So my scorecard is based on whether you get promoted or you get promoted or I'm able to get you into a job or I can write you an exceptional resume because I know all of your skills, right? Like right. that's my role. And I feel like as leaders, we don't view that as our role. We view like our numbers and our metrics over our people. And that's the problem. And that's where it comes into play to put yourself in other people's shoes. And that's really, I guess, I think that's what makes a good leader too, when you're really putting yourself in your team's shoes and seeing everything from their eyes. And then you know what they're going through. So I'm actually, I'm on the opposite of you. I'm so bad at winging things. I plan everything. Yeah. Like it gives me anxiety <laughs> to not have plans. Yeah. But so I literally, for everything that I know I have to do, I if it's like a tough conversation, I get advice from a lot of people. And, and there are different types of, or I guess levels maybe, of difficult conversations that you can have. So I ask a lot of people for advice on things because everyone has different points of views. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to get different knowledge from a lot of people because it can add up and help you know what to say. I had a really, the most difficult conversation I had to have and it was really hard for me and I, I asked my parents, I asked people at work and it helped me a lot to get through it and I don't think I would have if I didn't ask for advice. So let's say, you know, I'm we're, like we're working together or whatever and you do something and then I go to you, but we all know each other. Right. Yeah. So that's very counterproductive right. because it's subjective, right. right? It's not objective. Right. And so I think you have to go to a total different person and say, hey, this situation, what do you think about this? And then they can give you very sound advice just hearing it without knowing each other mm-hmm. because I feel like when we know each other, we feel bad, we cater to it, we don't do it, you know, as well. And there's a, there's so many people who I go to, you know, like I feel like I call my dad all the time for like how to handle certain things because he's very sound of mind and very objective and he's had his fair share of dealing with just like everything. Mm-hmm. So I think going to people who know you but maybe don't know the situation is mm-hmm. so key because they're able to give advice um, based on something that they may have done similarly or interacted with and I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit I don't know I guess difficult to continue to have the same conversation with same people but at the end of the day especially as leaders it's our job right it's our so if they're on the team we have to continue to have it and I can feel like you're banging your head against the wall so many times but it's really worth it in the end because you never know if you're getting through to somebody and this could be the first time that they're hearing it right like Mm -hmm. we I feel like too we really play people up we don't ever like and I'm not talking about tearing people down but giving advice in truth and love is very different than shaming and guilting people and I don't think a lot of us know the difference in that so it can sound like oh you suck da 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 instead of you know what that was a great like a great effort I appreciate all your work but let's do a few things to improve on that. Right. Right. And now, is it well received? You can't you can't plan their reaction, right? right? Like it would be dumb of me to be like, Bianca, this is how you're gonna react, and I know it. But at the same time, I don't, right? And so I think we, you and I, have had our fair share of difficult conversations. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, yes. Oh my god. Even <laughs> recently, every yeah. <laughs> but I think though. But I think that that's what. 
I mean, it's what makes the, us human, right? right? And like, it, I mean, it helps you kind of grow as a person as well. And whatever right. you're working on, if it's a project, you go further and you get, you know, you make steps to progress and that's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with having a difficult, a difficult conversation. Why can't I talk today? <laughs> well, and I think too, especially just thinking back, I mean, I remember your first week with oh my me God. and I remember your first month and it's <laughs> it was just like it was the location that we were all working at it was just like you I so bad I can't even put into words how stressful an environment it was and how everything was time sensitive and 911 and you had it was like an executive location so you had executives all the time so the stress level was I can't even explain it if I tried guys this lady made me cry it wasn't me though. No, it oh, wasn't Mary. I don't think I. It wasn't I don't think Mary. I, yeah, I don't. Oh think, my god, I, re- yeah. I her name was Michelle. I still remember her. So I I yeah. left and I was like, Julie, are you gonna be okay? And she's like, Yeah, I got it. So I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna go to I don't know Whole Foods or something. And I was like, I'll be right back. And she's like, Okay. So then I come back and she's in tears and I'm like, What the hell happened? I was gone for like 60 minutes, if that. It was my first week as a full time manager. Okay. This lady tore me apart. She was so mean. That is why I don't mind confrontation. Well, and then Julie and I had a conversation. I was like, okay. I was like, take some time. And I was like, feel frustrated, feel annoyed. I was like, but when you work with the public, I'm sorry, but this is the reality. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was like a wake up call to you because I don't think that you understood. And here's the thing, though. It shouldn't be our reality, but it is. We, I mean, honestly, when is the last time any of us have really looked at something objectively? Like, from somebody else's perspective. I don't think we do that enough. No. One of my favorite, favorite interviews is, if you guys haven't watched it, I recommend you do. I haven't really made a Trevor Noah reference since episode one, so this is good. (laughs) Um, Trevor Noah, Tommy Lauren... Okay, so I know she can be a trigger to everybody, but if you listen yeah. to the way that he asks the questions, they weren't, like, he didn't sit there, and 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 that's when I think I really had, like, such a respect for Trevor Noah, because I think to have somebody who's a strong conservative on his mainly liberal show and really come through, like, I get your point, but do you see this? Do you see this? And after he said, he was like, I wanted somebody to come on because I like to sharpen my ideas. And I'm the same way. Like, I love to hear certain people's perspective. Of course, I have my minds and, like, my opinions and my idea. And I have what I think is right. But I wonder how often we go outside of our current thinking to challenge ourselves and have difficult conversations. Because that was a difficult interview. But he maneuvered it brilliantly because he had a clear goal of what he wanted to accomplish. And I think for those certain interviews, you get certain questions or whatever. But it was very well laid out in terms of he did his research. He understood his her side and he understood his side so you were able to kind of have a conversation but I don't think we have conversations I just think we have arguments about why I'm right yeah and I think that's that's the problem so another question that I got we put a poll up on social media was how to get the courage to start them interesting I don't I think a lot of ours that we've had to have have been very in the moment I suppose especially work or home related or personal I think we've gotten to a place where we have to have them and it's super unfortunate when it does. And you always know when somebody gets the text, like, we have to talk. Like, your heart sinks and you're like, what I do? You know, like, it's never a good... Like, nobody's just like, we have to talk about something good. Nobody does that. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk, dot, dot, dot. But it's yeah. good. It's not, though, right? Like, yeah. I just yeah. give myself a pep talk. Like, that's how I build my courage up. Like I said, like, 
Again, I'm yeah. not a planner. That's all I can do. Well, just and I think having up. a specific date and time of like what you want to do, what you right. want to do. Like, yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's working toward the goal. And don't get me wrong, they're very difficult to have. But I think it's just knowing that the problem will not be solved until you get to the solution mm-hmm. and you have to address it. Like you just, you, and I think that's the thing. We don't like addressing things. We don't like confrontation. We don't like people feeling uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be confrontation. I think you just have to understand that you're not going to get a solution to the problem until the other person knows it's a problem. Because how many times do like, you guys have brought things to my attention before that I was doing and I was like, I didn't even know I was doing it. You know what I mean? Because I'm in my own little world half the time, just doing like X, Y, and Z and the things off my checklist and forgetting that sometimes I do things that might be irritating or annoying and that's not fair to you guys right right that's not fair to anybody well that's why i feel like communication is like so important just because you can let out whatever you're thinking and everything and hash out any kind of opinions you might have or any problems and it just helps like i said progress and move forward as well communication is so important because we don't get to solutions without communicating and without understanding perspectives but how often do we let somebody else really sit there and say their piece when we're in a frustrating conflict or something instead of just us going in with our agenda. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I found this uh, book, Douglas Stone. He wrote a book on having difficult conversations, and I really enjoyed it. He writes, often we go through an entire conversation or indeed an entire relationship without ever realizing that each of us is paying attention to different things and that our views are based on different information. I thought that was super interesting because I wonder how many of us each – like individually take inventory of another person and how they're viewing the world. I think that causes problems a lot. It does. Because especially at work, I mean, you're supposed to be a team, you're supposed to be on the same like wavelength in a sense and everybody interprets things and sees things in different ways and no like what you said like realizing what other people are seeing and going through or whatever like nobody knows that because you don't know how they perceive things and I think that that's empathy right and that's huge and I wonder how many of us genuinely have an empathetic approach not sympathetic but empathetic approach to certain things and listen to listen and I can't say that enough I just personally I know this is something that I'm really I I heard this uh, uh I was watching a Stephen Furtick sermon on when all this stuff happened um the beginning of the year And he said this quote, and it always stuck with me, before you can take a stand, you need to take a seat. And I feel like so many of us just, we want to take a stand on all these things and we want to be out there picketing and doing all the things, but we have no idea what we're picketing for, right? I just relate to that quote in more so the relationship aspect, just because a lot of failed relationships I've had, we've differed based on different things that we might have believed in or maybe, you know, we were both maybe fighting about something. Like, let's say we, we had a conversation about something that was bothering each one of us, but we focused on the different things about that. And then we couldn't come to a consensus because we weren't listening to each other. We were just trying to find something to fight about. Well, I feel like it's the hardest thing because obviously, um, no matter if it's work or home, like, most people are not on the same wavelength and perceive things different waves, waves, ways. Wow. And <laughs> promise we so, didn't drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're just all very tired. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it takes a lot of work to get, I mean, on the same level of seeing things, the other person sees things. And so I think aside from getting mad or getting 
stressed out and upset, which I mean, I know I do a lot. <laughs> um, you do have to have the difficult conversations and get your thoughts together and tell the person what you're thinking and why they upset you and why you think the way you do and why you don't understand they're seeing things that they do. It's just, I think it's the biggest problem that most people face. I agree. And I think, too, when you go to have those conversations, the the people already put up, like, defense shields, if you will, yeah. right? So you're already super defensive. So if I say, hey, Bianca, we need to have a conversation, you're going to be like, oh, shit, right? Like, this yeah. isn't going to be good. I'll be like, no, and thank so, you. And so you put up, like, <laughs> see you next year. <laughs> you put up, like, defense shields. And then you're just I'm like, I'm a very you know, defensive person by nature, though, so I'm automatically. No, you're no, not. not you. <laughs> the understatement of the year. I'm kidding. Uh, but really, though, no, really, no offense taken. I really but, I take pride in that. What? <laughs> what? Literally, contradicts what right. we're talking about. I know, I know. But but I think, though, but I think, but if you want to go further in that, then you need to individually sit back and why am I so defensive, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that, but that is a lot of people get very defensive, and I know I do, too. Nobody wants to hear negative things, right? Like, but at the same time, if we if we want to improve as people, you can't expect to improve and not hear negative right. things. Well, I think it's, and also, I mean, if you're, like, if you find yourself being so defensive all the time, it's probably because you've had so many difficult conversations throughout your life and people have always been tearing you down instead of lifting you up at the same time, so. Well, but, but I think, though, but here's the next point. It's our, where are their intentions? Right, exactly. Right, so I think, I hope you know that if I'm having a difficult conversation with you, my intentions are to help. Maybe. Right. <laughs> and I think I think that goes back to, for me at least, difficult conversations are is a respect thing. So like when mm-hmm. I have difficult conversations or vice versa, I'm going to respect the person who is having that with me because when they have it with me, it's because they see something that I'm not doing correctly or that is not okay. And it's something for me to work with or to grow on. And, I mean, that's respectable. A hundred percent. And I think that I genuinely do try in my position to give as much feedback as I can, good or bad, to try and help mm-hmm. from any perspective. And sometimes I overstep, you know. Like, I think I do that a lot. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's ill-intentioned, though. I think yeah. ultimately my intentions are genuinely to help wherever. And I feel like sometimes... Somebody may not be a space to hear it, right? So they're just like, I'm just talking about all these things you're doing, and they're just like, why are you telling me this? Same. And I'm a very yeah. direct person, yeah, but I don't do yeah. it to try to like hurt it's not right. It's, or anything. It's just to – because I want somebody to do the same for me. Yeah. And so I think that that's the thing. Like, I want people to tell me how it is. Don't beat around the bush. Like, you don't need to be like, oh, my gosh, like, you're so amazing. But th- just be like, all right, you suck. Or whatever it is. I feel like I if mean, we straight up are like, Mary, you're not doing a great job, you'll be like – uh no, you're wrong. But I know. Okay. I'm really You'd be like, bad your opinion's valid, too. but I don't accept it. Well, no, I do. I think here's and, and I guess and sometimes here's where I get frustrated. It's because I feel like when in certain people say things, they're, they're of course entitled to their opinion. But I feel like sometimes if people don't have all the information and are trying to find out the information, that's where I get frustrated. So if somebody comes to me with a concern, let's say, and I have to go and have a difficult conversation with somebody else. I would do my research, I suppose, to try and find out, like, what happened to get all the information. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes when people, it's the other way around, people are so good at seeing what they want to see. And I feel yeah. like I had to deal with so much of that years ago. 
And so it's just like there's only so much I can sit there and take it when it's on a very high level. I think when you go to have a conversation, your intentions are so important. But in this same book, this author writes, intentions are invisible. We assume them from other people's behavior. In other words, we make them up, we invent them. But our invented stories about other people's intentions are accurate much less often than we think. Why? Because people's intentions are like so much else in difficult conversations are complex. People act with mixed intentions. They can act with no intentions or they can act, or none matter to us. And sometimes they act on good intentions, but that nonetheless hurt us. So I think it's just the idea that there's so many factors that go into it. And at the end of the day, we really don't know where the other person lies, but we know what we go into the conversation with. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we are portraying and being, I think, transparent enough to say, this is why we're having this conversation. This is what ultimately the goal is for you. And these are my intentions. Because it is true. You can make up a whole story in your head yeah. about this is what's happening. Oh my gosh, this is what happened and I'm going to end up, you know, wherever. And this is going to end up in resulting in me getting terminated or whatever it could be, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could be like that crazy because nobody, especially, and I feel like in the workplace likes to be told those things, but it's very important to, I think, just be upfront with this is why we're having it and this is the goal and this is, I'm here to help you. Right. Well, that kind of goes into the action steps too. Yeah. Right. So I found this article from Forbes, a 2018 article that I really liked. So action steps to take. One, be direct, which I feel like we spoke about. Super mm-hmm. there. Got it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Check. Done. Um, but I think you can't be ambiguous. You can't go and being right. like, you know, so like I mean. accusatory or something. Well, or just, I want to have this conversation today and I just like want to know your thoughts and I just like, no, <laughs> this is why we're having it, right? Yeah. And I think that that is where a lot of people, because they want to cater to people's feelings. Right. And I get that. But if you have to have a difficult conversation, and most likely it wasn't like a positive thing that got you there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think you have to be very direct in what you want to know. Right. Okay. Um, be specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's huge, huge, huge because the more you leave open to interpretation, going back to the intentions, the more you can leave to the mind to just kind yeah. of fill and in the space. And the more problems come up. And the more problems like giving come up. examples and stuff, like, helps them know what you're talking about. Right. And, it, mm-hmm. I mean, this can be, and this is work or personal life. So if you're in, you're struggling with, a, like, a relationship or parent with a child or vice versa, you need to give specific examples. Otherwise, they're going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then yeah, take it right. totally out of context. And think that you're just being super rude to them when that's not at all the case or being hurtful in some manner. Um, plan out the conversation, which what you were talking about. Yeah. So when you plan out a conversation, what do you do? Um, I mean, I think about everything that's happened uh, with the time frame since it started to what I'm doing right then. And then write down all the points. And then I go to... Um, talking or practicing talking to another person so I can pretend that I'm going to talk to the person I'm going to talk to so it's the actual thing so it makes me less nervous than when I'm going to actually do it because you anticipate a reaction yeah and I think that's huge because if you plan it out and say I want a b c d and e to get through to them and potentially could react in xyz Mm -hmm. then I kind of have an idea of how to cater to it and what to expect and I think kind of anticipating what to expect is major because then you're not surprised when somebody, I mean, like how many times have we been like, I was like, I know I'm going to have to talk to this person. They're getting out of the tears. Right. And it's just because they're very emotional. So I have to plan for that in terms of like, how do I walk through this knowing that it's not me? It's just they're they That's how they react. Yeah. Right. Um, so plan out the conversation, watch your language. Oh, I can't drive this point home enough. 
I mean, but honestly, think about it. When have you ever gotten your point across by just being like, F you? You know what I mean? It's a good one. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, it depends on the context of the conversation, but obviously you want to make sure <laughs> whatever setting it is that you're having this conversation, you want to make sure you're using the correct words and phrases and everything. You're not really just cussing them out. That's not appropriate, but obviously it just depends on the context of the setting and the conversation you're having well but i mean just <laughs> no i don't i mean what? i don't think i personally i think that when you go down that road you're just frustrated right yeah, i think people who communicate in a very angry way like that, oh yeah but, you're not going to get any kind of result if you're, you're being angry of anywhere. course I just, so the next step you want to offer a solution right oh that's a big one yeah like even in the last conversation i had she's like so what are your solutions I'm like, I'm glad you asked. I already have some. <laughs> right. Because you add that, you know, you want to make sure that person trusts you and or respects you enough that you're having this conversation so you can provide the answers they need, right? Right. Exactly. But I think it's if somebody's having a conversation with me and you're not coming to me with a solution, what's the point? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're just, you're just being, you're just sh- like airing right. grievances. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Like people are allowed to say, you know, their feelings, but it's yeah. almost like come to me with this idea that like I'm frustrated that you always forget things which I do so <laughs> I feel like that goes yeah. hand in hand with the next one too so it's what? like if you're not getting the solution that you're or if you're not oh. hearing what you want with the solution or did you want to continue on the no, go ahead. yeah yeah if you're not getting the solution that you want from them then you offer that then obviously manage your emotions because it can be very frustrating if they're not um, taking in the information right. as you want them to right yeah well and I think too <laughs> I mean I feel like I manage my emotions well I don't um I mean, I'm gonna so, plead the fifth. I'm working on it. Sometimes oh, it's all we're do. trying to respond if she does. Oh, oh, oh I mean, <laughs> I'm not uh, a terrible person. No, you're not too bad. No, your emotions you're are good. good. I mean, I'm a very emotional person in general, so I can probably yeah. say I, you are. I need to. Yeah, I'm, mine's I just my. I get I'm just mad passionate. Very easily. I'm just very passionate about things and people. So if you're someone I'm having a difficult conversation with that I'm passionate about, whether it's a success or if it's a relationship. Yeah, I can get very emotional, very angry, and it can backfire. But I think, though, if you're looking for a true solution and to have some sort of, um, I think, just being amicable, right? You have to manage your emotions to an extent, and I think... But it's hard, because then you have to become self-aware. Right. So it's one thing to say, I get emotional. It's another thing to say, okay, I'm not going to get so triggered by this and totally lead me to the path of just sitting there in a pile of tears, right? And. And I think that that's how a lot of us react, and it's a defense mechanism. That's all it is, right? Like, we get defensive, and so we cry, and I mean, and that's okay. I don't it's, cry. I cry, but I cry all the time. I mean, I, I had cry. to go to court for a speeding ticket, but. and I was, like, interrogated by the judge, and I started crying. All right. Anyways, I have realized, though, that I think I get so mad easily because I have such high expectations. You do. Home and I do, too. and work, like, personal and work, like, such high expectations and then when they aren't met, I just like zero to a hundred. Like, yeah. what? Where were you? Right. Because <laughs> I mean, well, and I think too something that's your trigger as well. It's I think you expect, and we've talked about this before. You expect a lot of people to think like you. Yeah. And so I think that that's hard because not everybody <laughs> does, and you do it too. I do. Don't like laugh and be like. <laughs> no, I had a chill. Yeah, Julia. <laughs> yeah. Um, you I do mean, that. I do have high expectations. Just nobody meets them. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not talking about that. I think just in the sense of, so for example, when we're talking through something, 
I would want people just to think like me because that would be easy, right? So we feel like we get along with the people who think like us or who act like us the most because then they just get it, right? They understand why we do what we do and they understand the things. But I think the problem is it's in any environment, you're going to work with people who are different, Mm -hmm. any environment. So there's always going to be people who are different than you. But as soon as it gets difficult, we back out. And we're like, I don't want anything to do with this because it's hard. It requires more work and effort. And we don't want to do that. Which is, and I think that's why, honestly, personally, a lot of relationships struggle. Well, it's because we're all just burnt out as just people right now. In general. Well, we're yeah. Just, we're, but we're I just, think, there's so much that we deal with on a daily basis. But if somebody said, what can I do to make it better for you? That right. question would change everything. But we don't, right? right. We just kind of well, Sometimes going. people don't but have I an don't answer for I that. Know. Yeah, people don't have an answer for that. How would I fix that? I What's ask, that? I mean, Meet I... my expectations. I don't know. Right. Like, what can I do? I think, I I think you kidding, have to like... manage your expectations of other people. Not meeting your expectations. You have to manage your expectations of other people because I have to do the same. I yeah. personally feel like everybody needs to become the best version of themselves. And um, Brene Brown talks about this a lot. And it can be frustrating because she asks the question, so if you feel like somebody's not giving 100%, what do you think of them? They're lazy, right? Yeah, I was going to say it. No, I mean, I, I mean, I was kind of just going. I mean, I usually don't automatically assume that. I, I mean, but, I, but you think it. I right? mean, I think it, yeah. but then I figure out why. And but that's the thing, though. But how many of us really sit back and say, okay, maybe this person isn't giving a hundred percent because they have so much going on, or because it's this. And I feel like I'm always connected with like the people I work with, so I kind of know like if they're not giving their hundred percent, I already know by the time that that happens, like like why I don't usually. But at the same time, I, I feel like personally, this is just me. I've worked through stuff that has been more difficult. I mean, you guys know the stuff I've had to work through, like just yeah. very difficult things. Like I don't even think I could talk about them. Yeah. To be honest, because right. they were just very difficult. Well, I think, but yeah, well, I think sometimes you can like sense. I mean, it depends also on like the kind of person you are. If you can just, if sometimes you can sense if somebody's off, like even before they're starting to like just perform terribly at their job or anything. You know, well, I mean? that's just some people handle things differently. Right. Some people can handle their emotions, leave them outside of work. Some people can't. Yeah. And you can hundred percent tell in how they go throughout their day. But I think though, it's coming through the expectations. Though I, I'm able to put myself at the door as difficult as it is, right? Like if I have to go, I used to go in the office and just cry about it and then come back and be like, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I was able to kind of turn my switch on and off. And so I feel like if I'm able to do it, other people can do it too. But right. that's not fair. Right. You, know? you have to be because, empathetic, right? Because I have, to, I have to be empathetic to them and understand that maybe they grew up in a different environment where it was very emotional and very all, you know, and it was just like, this is how you work through the things. But at the same time, it was like, I always, if I'm at work, I want to give my 110% no matter kind of what's going on in the background because it's not anybody else's problem but mine. Right. Someone needs to have a difficult conversation with me about that. (laughs) Mary's like, okay, tomorrow. 3 p.m. 3 p.m. There we go. We set the time. You can buy me a coffee. No, I'm not doing that. Dang it. I'll buy you a pumpkin spice latte. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, so we covered the next step, which was be empathetic, right? Be empathetic. And then I think the last part is super imperative. Allow the other person to ask questions. Because I don't think that we allow the other person to really put in their two cents sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because I feel like that if we, so if I'm holding a difficult conversation, the expectation is that I'm going to say my piece and it's going to be more than enough. But let's say I'm like, okay, Bianca, what questions do you have for me? And you may you may say something, but at the same time, do I really listen to them with an open ear? Right. 
And I mean, and, and it's yeah. and it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and you have to make the the person. I mean, overall, you just have to you have to make the person that you're having the conversation with feel comfortable enough to ask you the question. And that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. It's making sure that you are creating like a safe environment and understanding yeah. that it's not something that you're trying to come down hard on them, but right. it's to genuinely help and help improve and do what you can because you want to see them succeed. Yeah, well, that's why you want to keep that positive like energy even if it's not like a positive conversation let's say you still want to make sure they it feels positive enough where they feel like they can have a safe space to talk right yeah yeah, 100%. yeah. all right so those are the steps i feel like they're really actionable and helpful i think they kind of helped me as i was answering my head thinking through difficult conversations and again i picked this because you can relate it to work or personal we all have, to have difficult conversations in any mm-hmm. sort of um, place and I feel like just having action steps and something to kind of work toward and think through is so much more important because everybody's going to have difficult conversations at some point whether it's home family whatever every single person has to have difficult conversations and I think the more that we feel comfortable doing it and secure in it the easier they become I just for sure I feel like we all have had our fair share of more than mm-hmm. ugh, too many to count um, but you don't ever become an expert because it doesn't get easier I think you just get more comfortable with expecting their responses but they're terrible to have like I don't enjoy them at all what's one of the harder difficult conversations that you've had to have yeah for me my most difficult conversation really surrounded um by the fact that I just I was working somewhere where the leader above me made me feel so terrible about myself every single day and I couldn't be in that kind of environment and I remember um it was right before I moved here and um, the day that I actually got the job offer to move out here, I remember going into just having the conversation to put my two weeks in was the most terrifying thing ever. And I already knew that it was going to go crazy. And she was a very tough manager in general. So I just remember um, just overall, like the conversation, it was very hostile. And at the end of it, she told me, um, you know, I'm really happy for you, but I hope you fail and you come back and work for me. And I, I was just like, okay, did she really just say that? But then in that moment, I knew like I made the right decision because she inspired me to go back into leadership and all of the, I know last episode we kind of talked about like, you know, being a good leader, like taking somebody's faults, like maybe their opportunities and turning those into like better strengths, I guess. She inspired me to like go back into leadership and not be the kind of manager that she was and kind of put that out there. So um, it was just really important for me to just kind of leave like a toxic environment and to this day, I don't regret it at all. So the most difficult <laughs> conversation that I've had to have to date was um, when I decided to leave a job that I was at for 11 years. And it was just because of a lot of the way that I felt like the company was run. And I think it's one thing as a company to kind of have your values listed, but it's another thing to live them. And I don't think that they lived them. And so it was an extremely <laughs> difficult time. And I think I really had to work up a lot of courage to be very thoughtful in what I said and not a negative way because by no means did I want to badmouth them or say because they gave me a lot of opportunity. I think it was just an unfortunate turn of events that kind of happened in terms of new management, new leadership above, new things changing. And it was single-handedly one of the hardest things I've had to do because it's you're giving up a lot of your hard work for the right thing to do. And I think a lot of times those are the even harder conversations to have because it's not like you're being pushed or forced out or anything. It was just, it simply was the right thing to do at the time because I couldn't continue to see the team being. I think any way you kind of frame it, no 
conversation that's quote unquote difficult is easy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they are so important because I think we all kind of have to say our piece and do our thing. Um, you just have to be confident in what you're doing and um, make sure, you know, everything you're doing is for your, I guess in a sense for yourself, making sure, you know, you know, you're doing the right thing for whatever is right for you. Right. Yep. You only have your best intentions. That's not it. That's not the same. <laughs> is that what I was to say? Um, Maybe that's it. Yeah. Is that okay. the same? That sounds dumb. Make sure you're I don't ready. think that that's a thing. No. We your can make it. In, isn't it something like your best intentions at heart or is that someone else? No, it's you only have your best interests. You only have your best interests. I knew it was an I word. There it is. You only have your best interests. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to today's episode. We really hope that you were able to walk away from it with some really good actionable tips and steps on how to handle difficult conversations. I know personally for us, as we were recording this episode, we actually were able to learn things along the way about our personal ways that we handle that. So make sure you guys follow, subscribe, rate, review, and our Instagram page and all the details that you need to know will be in the show bio. But definitely please continue to follow us on our journey and help us make this podcast the most amazing podcast we can make it to be. And as always, guys, we absolutely appreciate your feedback. If you have any ideas or any kind of um, different feedback on what you would love to hear next, please let us know. Email us, message us, whatever you need to do. We will make sure we accept your feedback. All right, guys, have a wonderful week and we will talk to you guys next week. Sorry about that.